Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Stolen by Ehlers to Wheeler, back to Ehlers, scores! Kyle Connor has the Midas touch right now! Here's Patrick Laney. What a shot, wow. Exactly shoot, score! Oh, what a slick move by Mark Seifley! Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. As there is uh, at this time of year, there are some new faces on the Winnipeg Jets lineup, but it is the same faces here on the podcast. It is Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Jamie Thomas, Tyler Esquivel, and Mitchell Clinton. We'll call this the free agent edition, but not quite done yet that we know of. That we think. That, those, that we think. We haven't been given the complete <laughs> the story that it's all done. So there is some work to be done for the Winnipeg Jets ahead of the 2020-21 season. Gentlemen, it all started last Friday, and... A not-so-new face uh, brought back to the Winnipeg Jets uh, trade for Paul Stastny. Tyler, before we get into the other new free agent signings, like just uh, the magnitude of this this trade for the Winnipeg Jets of shoring up the second center hole on this roster. Yeah, obviously a very valuable trade, and you're getting a known commodity. Uh, I mean, Paul Stastny came here to Winnipeg and, and did great things with Ehlers and Line on uh, either side of him. So it'll be interesting, I think, we're seeing Paul Stasny at a, obviously a different point in his career, but I think largely in part, you know, it's it's you're, you should be getting a similar player. Um, and like you mentioned, it shores up that second line center spot that the Winnipeg Jets have looked to fill uh, with consistency uh, over the last few years. So uh, happy to bring him back into the fold. Obviously, he's a guy that's very well liked within that locker room. Him and Blake Wheeler have a very uh, you know close relationship, and you know. Uh, even in, in his short time here in Winnipeg, he he built some pretty strong bonds uh, with the other players in the locker room, and it it spoke volumes too. You know when Stasny mentioned that, you know when a trade was, you know kind of within the the realm of possibility that you know he wanted it to be Winnipeg, and you know I, I good to hear from uh, a player of that caliber, and really stoked to have him back in the fold. Also, you know someone else is or someone who is certainly happy in in Winnipeg. It's Louis Wheeler. Yes, uh, wasn't so happy when uh, Paul Stastny signed with the Vegas Golden Knights, as shown by the social media post by the captain Blake Wheeler. But more than happy to bring back his number twenty five jersey. Uh, we're not quite sure if that will be the jersey he's wearing at this point, but still welcome back from the captain's oldest kid. Yeah, and if you haven't seen that Instagram post, uh, I believe the Winnipeg Jets uh, Twitter account tweeted that out. So there's a link to it there, or you can just search for uh, Blake Wheeler on Instagram and you can see it. It's two videos. There's the one from when he left and one from when he came back. So definitely worth uh, watching uh, both of them. And you talked about, you know, Paul Stastny coming back and maybe his game's a little bit different. He did say, you know, he's had to adjust his game, but you look at the last couple of seasons that he's had, with Vegas, he had 42 points in, in 50 games in 2018-2019. And then last year, 38 points in 71. He just – now all of the analytics were there. Like mm-hmm. it was the same – I think he was generating a lot. They just weren't going for him. And that was something that he touched on during his conference call after. So while, you know, yeah, he's a couple of years older, he's a guy that I think everybody that we've ever talked to about Paul Stastny has always complimented his – ability to to read the game his on ice vision his hockey iq and of course that's going to fit right in with this uh, winnipeg jets dressing room as we've seen before so excited to see him back in the fold and you know whether he's back on a line with ehlers and line just kind of right as as it used to be uh, that remains to be seen but you got to like uh, just the familiarity that that brings 
It's funny you mentioned the word familiarity, Mitch, because there's some re-signings for the Winnipeg Jets. Tyler, there's a long list here. Uh, let's just go over a, a few of the guys the Jets have brought back, uh, back into the fold because of that familiarity they bring to the roster. For sure. And uh, we'll start with uh, Mason Appleton, who uh, you're going to hear from later in the podcast. Uh, he comes back, I believe, on a two-year deal. And, you know, you have to like the, the progression from, from Mason Appleton. Uh, you know, I think he'd probably admit himself he, he'd like to have a few more points given, you know, his offensive breakout two years ago in the American League. Um, but he's proven to be a solid penalty killer. He's, he's good down low. Uh, you know, his game just continues to round out. And, you know, we're not quite sure where he's going to slot into the, the 12 forwards for the Winnipeg Jets. But, you know, obviously I think he's solidified a spot without a doubt. Uh, you know, that... It became pretty evident uh, that he was, you know, missed in the qualifying round when he went down with a shoulder injury. And, you know, he battled some some other injuries, you know, famously, you know, hurt himself at the Heritage Classic uh, playing football. Does uh, not want to talk about it still. Yeah, doesn't want to talk about <laughs> it, but but we will. Um, yes. So, yeah, Mason Appleton, happy to have him back in the fold. Uh, CJ Cease, another one, uh, you know, he played his one NHL game. Uh, the analytics would suggest a, a, not a fantastic debut, but let's keep in mind that uh, Connor Hellebuck made like 50 some yeah. odd saves that night. And so someone nobody else, was on the right side Someone else stole the spotlight that all night from CJ about, Cease. Yeah, all he'll care about is the Jets are 1-0 with him in the lineup. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. And to be fair, the analytics were on nobody's good side that <laughs> night except for Connor Hellebuck. So. The only person not watching tape the next next game or the next day was Connor Hellebuck. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> and just a final note on CJ Cease. I mean, he had 27 points in 57 games. He's, you know, he's a leader. I think uh, he's, a, he's a really good person. And, and those are the qualities that, you know, general manager Kevin Chevaldeyev looks for when drafting. And I think it's, it's proven to be, uh, you know, good for him and he and he's continued to develop that side of his game and you know he's been good with the moose so uh see no reason why you wouldn't uh, bring him back and see what he can do going forward uh moving on to the blue line uh, nelson noje just uh re-signed uh you know he's he had his little nhl stint a few seasons ago jets i believe won seven straight games to finish that season so uh he didn't hurt them in that regard and being on defense when you're not noticed that's usually the best thing mm -hmm. uh one nhl game a couple of years ago when he got thrown into the fire at the last moment uh and the jets won that game on long island and uh you know for him he's a guy that a lot of people think just might wear a letter for the moose this year uh given that all the turnover that they've had on their roster yeah, up no to question. this point so um but he just has proven time and time again to be a, a very likable guy and one that you can bring up on a, on a moment's notice and, and you know what you're getting in him um and then lastly uh nathan Beaulieu uh and lucas pisa uh, Nathan Beaulieu, obviously, he's very well liked, not afraid to throw the gloves down at all, uh, plays pretty well on that third pairing with Tucker Pullman, and, uh, you know, he's another guy where you, you pretty much know what you're going to get with him, and, I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, the guy was drafted in the first round, clearly the game is there, and, you know, in the right roles, I think he can be successful. And then lastly, Lucas Pisa is a guy Winnipeg picked up off of waivers uh, a season ago. And he came in at a time where things were not looking good for the Jets' blue line in terms of bodies. They were just shorthanded everywhere. And I think Paul Maurice said it about a thousand times, just how much of a calming influence he brought and what he did for the Jets' blue line when they needed it the most. So uh, I think he's a guy that you know has built some big, strong relationships, much like Paul Stasny in that locker room. And I think there's a reason he's back and, and that would be one of the big ones. All right. So from what we know to what we don't really know, Mitch, uh, some free agent signings brought us a lot of new faces. Uh, I think we got a, almost like a theme here. There's brought some toughness and some glue guys 
yeah. to the Jets dressing room. Yeah, as much as you know, we talked about you know the the change in the top six with with Paul Stastny being there. Uh, obviously, a familiar face. These these guys maybe not so familiar, but I mean, in talking to people around the league, you get a real good sense of how, kind of how these people are. We'll start with Nate Thompson, who uh, was one of the first guys that we had a chance to have a a Zoom availability with, just to you know hear him talk about uh, Winnipeg and everything and. I thought he was he was very forthcoming. Obviously, he signed on the the fourth year of his uh, sobriety, the anniversary of his sobriety. So, obviously, for him, that is something that's critically important to him. He said, "I wouldn't be here talking to you guys on this Zoom call." So he's got a uh, a very good perspective on on life and everything. And he and he split last season with Montreal, played with Ben Sherratt there. So obviously, a little bit of a, a Jets connection. And uh, Philadelphia. So he played 63 games with the Montreal Canadiens, wore an A, uh, had four goals and 14 points in those games, and then obviously played in the playoffs uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. So a guy that can play every position up front. He can play left wing, right wing. He can play center. And we know how valuable that kind of versatility is in the lineup, especially when injuries inevitably show up, especially the way that they did in 2019-20. Now that's to say... Hopefully that never happens again. That, mm-hmm. was, that was outlandish, yeah. the types of uh, injuries that the Jets suffered. So Nate Thompson, just an overall real good character person that uh, I think will fit right in in the Jets dressing room. And then another one was Derek Forbert, who played with Calgary. Now uh, the Jets are very familiar with the Calgary Flames in the qualifying round. Um, but he said that that series almost upped Winnipeg's uh reputation I don't know if that's the right word but just kind of up to what he thought of the Winnipeg Jets in that situation obviously you lose Mark Shifley you lose Patrick Laine and Mason Appleton who's on this podcast uh in game one and yet the Jets didn't go away and he said that was probably one of the big things that stood out to him is these guys just kept on grinding and battling and no win was easy for the Flames uh, to be able to get out of that series, especially with the Jets taking game two uh, to tie it up. So there was that. And then he said, you know, the good thing about signing with the Jets is he doesn't have to chase around Connor, Shifley, and Wheeler anymore, which <laughs> I can imagine for anybody is uh, is pretty solid. He had his eye kind of on the Jets a little bit, um, just knowing that going into free agency, there might be an, uh, an opening on that left side uh, on the blue line. So I think he'll, he'll be somebody that, that kind of fits right in. And I mean, there's 850 Minnesota guys on the roster, I'm pretty sure. So he's he'll be another one. He'll be 851. Uh, very familiar with Neil Pionk and Dylan Sandberg, who he's been basically coaching uh, down in Duluth. Those are his words. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious what Neil would have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, Neil kind of got uh, the butt end of some jokes in that, uh, that Zoom availability because uh, Forbert used to be an umpire. And apparently umped a few games that Neil was playing and expanded the strike zone a little bit on him. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to kind of see if that gets brought up eventually. But you, you, Mitch, I'll stop you right there. You yeah. talked a little bit about. I'm, maybe I'm cutting you off before you get to this point. Forbert's like just the unknown quality about him is that he's played a lot of minutes with a very good defenseman over yes. his NHL career. Yeah. So while he played with the Calgary Flames, um, you know, for a bit, he was a first round pick of the Los Angeles Kings, and he played about four or five seasons with the Kings. And during that time, he spent a lot of his time with uh, Drew Doughty for about a good chunk of three seasons. And I was looking it up. Not because, a bad player. Yeah, exactly. And I was looking it up because, you know, sometimes you hear of D pairings and you kind of compare them and you're like, okay, well, yeah, they, they played a fair amount of one season together, but that was pretty much it. 
these guys played over over the course of three seasons. That pairing played about three thousand minutes at even strength together, which is just an astounding number when you consider you know turnover on teams and everything like that. So the next closest pairing on the Los Angeles Kings in that twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen time frame was Alec Martinez and Jake Muzzin at about fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. So that gives you an impression of not only you know how how much endurance the two of them have. I mean, you got to play a lot of minutes to play with Drew Doughty, but also the fact that Forbert up until last season really didn't get hurt that much. He played over 78 games in each of those three seasons. Now last year, uh, I believe it was a back injury that he had that, that caused some issues for him, but he, so he didn't play as many games as he would like, but you hope the, the extended off season and the fact that he was able to play in the playoffs uh, would signal that that back injury is behind him. And the fact he's skating with, with Sandberg and, and, Pionk as well would give you that indication so clearly a guy that's played a lot uh with some some real good players and obviously can bring a lot to the Jets team some other faces have joined the Jets roster as well yeah I mean it's it's just kind of been a constant uh signing for um for Kevin Cheveldayoff in that you know you get a guy like Dominic Toninato who's a guy that can come in and you know whether he's American hockey whether he's National Hockey League he's a guy that can push for a spot and you know, it's been it's been interesting to kind of watch how Kevin Chevaldeoff has done this because you know there's options out there, but you want to make sure you're bringing in guys that have a good fit, and that's something that he's really talked about a lot throughout this entire process. Is guys that you know are high on the hockey IQ, uh, I guess you could say spectrum. Those are the guys that he feels can come in and and fit well now. We talked a little bit earlier about Paul Stastny, a guy that, you know, maybe he isn't as fast as he used to be. And the yeah. scouting reports on him are always that, you know, maybe he's not the fastest guy out there, but he can think the game super well, plays super well defensively, and has that 200-foot game. Those are the types of players that excel in the National Hockey League. And the more of those guys that you can get on the, the same team, I mean, that's why Cole Perfetti was one of the guys that, I mean, as lucky perhaps as the Jets were that he fell to them, I mean – the Jets, you would have to think, they never let us into those scouting meetings, no matter how many times we knock on the door. Uh, We're going to keep asking. You would that. have to think he would have, Perfetti would have been high on their list, right? So, and that was the first thing out of Kevin Cheveldeos mouth was hockey IQ. And you look at the, the moves that he's made in free agency, and that's kind of something that has been a constant theme. Well, the Nate Thompson one for me is really interesting because this is a guy who's on his ninth NHL team, and it's not like he's the, the contracts are always expired. Like Teams are trading for this guy at the deadline. There's a reason for that. And, you know, I think for all the reasons that Mitch had laid out and that Kevin Chevaldeov had laid out, like, I mean, this is a guy that's, like you said, can play all over the ice, can win faceoffs, ends great in the room, and, and, you know, has some real perspective in life, which I think not is missing from the Jets dressing room, but just a a, a more veteran voice and another one that it, it never hurts. I don't think you could have enough of those guys in the dressing room. Jets were a very young team last year and the year before that, and I think any time you can add some more veteran leadership inside the locker room, it's going to be beneficial going forward whenever this season does start. Mason Appleton recently signed himself a new two-year contract, as Tyler touched on. It hasn't changed him. Hasn't changed him. Usually, money goes to somebody's house. It didn't go to Mason Appleton's head. We had a conversation with him uh, from his home in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com. Hi, this is Mason Appleton, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. 
Uh, Mason, welcome to the show. Uh, just wondering what you've done with uh, your new contract, bought a new car, new house, anything like that? No, no, not any of those things. But uh, I'm super excited to be back in Winnipeg for two years and call it home there. Uh, I think we got a really good thing going and we're looking to build on that, you know, this upcoming season. So hopefully uh, we can get the season started uh, not too long from now and, you know, get the ball rolling. Whose face are you looking forward to seeing most when you get in the dressing room? <laughs> I think everyone, honestly. <laughs> Pretty cliche answer, but I, you know, it's been a while. Uh, over the last five, six months, we've only been together for like a month now. So, yeah, really excited to get back and just see everyone and, yeah, pick up where we left off. Obviously, some new faces. Uh, Paul Stassi's not so new, but there's been a lot of new signings. How exciting is it to meet some new faces along with Guy coming back like Paul Stastny? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you know, I think management's done a good job to, you know, try to fill a couple spots that, uh, we thought we could improve on, and uh, yeah, Chevy's done a good job. And obviously, bringing back Stastny uh, brings a you know dynamic presence to our offense, and he can do a lot of things with and without the puck. So he's going to be uh, really good for us. And then, you know, we're a lot deeper of a team now as well with some other signings. So yeah, I think we're in a good spot right now. This is the second time where you kind of have this pause, and you have no idea when things are starting up again. Now that you've gone through it before, does it help this time around? Yeah, uh, at first you kind of you kind of got annoyed with the fact that you didn't know what tomorrow was going to bring, but now that's just that's just life, I guess. So we're just doing what we can do to get better and you know train hard. And when the call comes, when the season starts, we'll all be ready. So I think that's kind of all you can do right now. You can't you can't sit around and you know hope and think of different things. You just you just got to control what you can control. Um, looking back a little bit, what was the more frustrating injury? The one before the Heritage Classic or the one in the playoffs? Both, uh, you know, it sucked obviously getting hurt in the playoffs just because you're feeling, you know, you're good, uh, you're feeling good. And we were off for a while, so the body got to recover. And I think everyone's in that same boat. So, uh, yeah, it's tough getting injured whenever that is. Um, have you ever been hurt playing football before? No. So that, <laughs> of course, of course, when you're playing for the Heritage Glass, you get hurt. Uh, you're not used to watching this much football because usually you're in, in the midst of a hockey season. How much have you enjoyed that? It's good. Uh, it sucks that we don't have fans in, back in Green Bay, but uh, yeah, it's, it's. I love watching football, and we're all in a fantasy league too, so like it's pretty competitive. But uh, yeah, uh, how's your fantasy league team going right now? <sighs> Not as good as it should. Uh, I think I'm two and three, but I think I might have the most points in the league, so I'll turn it around. <laughs> Who's uh, letting you down the most right now? Uh, honestly, I, it's just I get backdoored by every team I play. Like the other night, I had Matt Ryan and. Uh, who else did I have going? And I needed like 10 points and Ridley and I needed 10 points and they couldn't get me that. And the other team had Aaron Rodgers. So that one, it kind of hurt good because I like to see Aaron play well. <laughs> it was a bye week for them last week on top of that. So what's, what's your team name for your fantasy league or is it something you can't tell us? I didn't change mine from a while back. Mine's still AR 12 for Rodgers, but uh, yeah, I don't have on my team. So I probably should change that up. But yeah, some guys got some pretty goofy names. Are you uh, are you involved with the team, the league within the Jets dressing room? Is that what you, the league you're talking about right now? Yeah. Who's who's the most intense person in the league, in the dressing room? Uh, you know, I think I'm going to say Hollybuck. He tries to get you on the worst trades, and he thinks he knows <laughs> what he's talking about. But I think he's out in left field half the time when he's talking football. So, uh, yeah, I'd say Bucky. I, uh, you're like the eighth guy to tell me that Bucky's always looking for the worst trade. So the, the whole league has caught on you. I think he would learn something from this by now. Literally, yeah, 100% it's Bucky. He just thinks he's a Vezina Trophy winner now, so you can like pull anything, the wool over top of your eyes, and you're supposed to fall for it. Um, 
I imagine you thought you'd get the opportunity because of the off time to watch a game at Lambeau Field this year. How disappointing is it so far to not have that opportunity? Yeah, it is unfortunate. Uh, you know, teams and the league is trying to do what they need to do to keep the players healthy. And you even see it now where some some teams are having to reschedule stuff because of positive cases. But, you know, I hope there's a time where we're back to, you know, 25, 40% capacity because it's just better for the city of Green Bay. And, you know, it's better for the NFL as a whole, I think. How are you doing within Wisconsin right now, Mason? I know things are a little bit different because of COVID. How are you handling things down there? Uh, it's good. I mean, for me, you know, life's pretty similar. Uh, our training and skating and things along that nature has uh, has been very good. Our, you know, our trainers and skating coaches have, have done a good job of not having too many people in the building at the same time and, you know, taking those uh, necessary precautions. But I think, uh, yeah, you know, life for me down here, it's been good. Are you going to go trick-or-treating this year? I think they canceled it. <laughs> That's, you're going to have to come back to Manitoba to go trick-or-treating. So on that note, what's your favorite Halloween costume from childhood? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you put me on the spot there. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I mean, we would always dress up as Packer players and things like that. So that's probably one that comes to my mind right away. So that was the go-to every year, Packer player? I mean, you'd, you'd have 500 Packer players out on the street at <laughs> any given time on Halloween. <laughs> well, Mason, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for stopping by and sharing some memories of going back a little bit. Sorry to put you on the spot about the uh, the costumes, but if you think of one or you have some, if you have a good photo, uh, make sure you send it our way. All right, I will. There are some new faces coming in. Some old faces have re-signed for the Winnipeg Jets and have been traded for as well. We should also take this opportunity to say goodbye to some really good people that uh, are going to be wearing different jerseys next year, Tyler. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, Carl Dahlstrom uh, was packaged off to Vegas. In return, we got Paul Stasny, obviously, here in Winnipeg. Um, but, yeah, Carl was a, was a great guy to deal with in, in our dealings also. Uh, sadly, having to say goodbye to his dog, Ted. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm goodbye, gonna, Ted. I'm going to miss Ted. Yes. <laughs> well, even, and the fact, I mean, they they post a lot of photos of him on Instagram and everything, so that, that that's the way that we can all still be connected i yes, suppose absolutely so uh goodbye to carl and ted uh anthony Botetto signing with the hometown new york ranges <laughs> nice. pretty exciting <laughs> i, I know I thought that was pretty good. One of my pretty pretty good accent. Yeah, there you go. Really hard to to do. So you did well on that one. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, So that's exciting for him. But Tetz was great for content. I will say from a content department. Did we ever tell the story of production day when he came in, and you asked if it was a a Boston accent that he had, and he was very upset. Yeah, it was a pretty. It was a weak moment. You were tired. Yeah, long day of shooting. Well, it was. I was trying. You know, I was trying to just have something in common with him, and then I said, "Oh, are like, are you a Patriots fan or something?" And he just like lost his mind. <laughs> He's like, "No, I cheer for the Giants and whatnot." And he just, yeah, I'm surprised he talked to me after that. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not kidding you. I went home and I, I felt shame for a while. Uh, so. Moving on from that embarrassing moment. I'm going to cut you off there because yep. I forgot. I will never forget this. The conversation we had about the New York Apple Corps yes. team that he played for uh, in the EGHL. So uh, thank you very much. The One of the best logos I've ever seen mm-hmm. for a sport in, in hockey. So the New York Apple Corps will live forever in Jets TV uh, lore. So Tyler, please continue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cam Schilling 
uh, oh, signed with the Washington Capitals. Right, the best. A, a team he's already been affiliated once in his career, mm-hmm. so obviously uh, going back to that organization is, is going to be great for him. He's an, he's an American guy from, from that neck of the woods, so I'm happy for him to get another opportunity with an NHL club. I, I think... You know, in our limited dealings with with Cam, you know, he came up much like Nelson Noje and was just, you knew what you were getting. Plug and play. Yeah, it was yeah. it was all good. And I, I think, you know, the Moose people, too, uh, in our offices uh, are go- definitely going to miss Cam Schilling. And then lastly, Cody Eakin, the Winnipeg boy, as Mitch calls him, the hometown boy. <laughs> yes. In that exact accent. <laughs> it's hard not to say it, though. Uh, I don't know why. He signs with the Buffalo Sabres, so uh, you can pencil him in uh, on their uh, forward core. And he's got some good players to play with. Yeah, they've had a busy little offseason as well over in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. As the offseason wears on here, uh, the projected cap space, according to capfriendly.com for the Winnipeg Jets, $27,144. I don't know anybody that plays for that. so, uh, uh, so produ- clearly- Producer Moss <laughs> says he, he'll get us up to the cap. <laughs> we've looked into it. I think we've talked to the NHLPA if they'll allow to lower the NHL minimum at this point to 27100 Chevy just needs to come watch at staff hockey. <laughs> Keep gives 110%. When, Wednesday nights? Yeah, uh, it, it varies. Yeah, it's oh. always on the wrong night. Especially <laughs> <laughs> depends who's on the roster. I guess is how you look at it. So twenty-seven thousand one hundred forty-four dollars, or are no players in the NHL. Anybody in this world can play for that outside of Young Moss here. So realistically, and on a serious note, if things are going to be, if there's going to be other people coming in. There's going to be some trades that have to be made and some tough decisions at this point. So as we talk about that, Mitch. Decisions have to be made with what's going on with Brian Little. What's the latest with him? Yeah, and Kevin Cheveldayoff gave a little bit of an update on it, but basically withheld saying much more until they know more. Right. Is the probably the best way to put it. So essentially doctors have recommended that Brian Little does not play 2020-2021 season. That is so difficult to say as a side note. It's going to be a long year. Um so really, that leaves the Jets, you know, they, they could conceivably put him on long-term injury reserve, which creates a salary relief pool. The closer you are to the cap, the bigger the pool. But listen, they're not going to do anything like that until they absolutely have to. They want to make sure they give Brian Little the amount of time that, that he needs. So listen, they, Brian Little is a guy that is so incredibly respected in that Jets dressing room. It means a lot to this franchise. He was one of the, I mean, he's one of the originals that, that yeah. came from Atlanta and, you know, really embraced the city and, and loves playing here. So, and ultimately the, the main thing is he's got a family that he has to be, you know, has to be first and foremost. And he said is first and foremost in his mind. So still no complete clarity on it, but at least that's where it sits right now. So we'll see kind of going forward what that means. Obviously still no firm timeline for the start of next season. And Kevin Cheveldayoff said chances are you're not going to see any sort of long-term injury reserve move until the start of the season. That's usually when uh, that kind of move happens. So we'll keep an eye on it and keep you updated as much as, uh, as, much as we can on our show's social channels and winnipegjets.com. Also right here on this podcast, uh, great stuff, guys. Uh, a busy podcast, lots of work being done by the front office of the Winnipeg Jets as they prepare for the 2020-21 season, whenever the heck that is. And hopefully we just say the 2021 season going forward if uh, Gary Batman is accurate in his assessment of when the start of the season yes. is coming. On behalf of Tyler Esquivel, Mitchell Clinton, I'm Jamie Thomas. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. 
for Jets news, videos, and more, head to WinnipegJets.com.